Good morning. It's sunny and beautiful in the Pacific Northwest, and it's sunny and beautiful here at Trinity Lutheran Church. This is our 65th week of online worship, and I want to thank you all for worshiping with us. And I want to send a special greeting to Lenore Brown, who's been joining us throughout the pandemic from Crossville, Illinois. You don't know Crossville, Illinois? That's 600 people in Southern Illinois. Now, Lenore is going to have a special birthday next month. She's going to turn 101. So happy birthday, Lenore. And while I'm at it, a shout out to Auntie Faye in Bellevue and Ray and Ann in Virginia, to Matt McGillan in Texas and Sharon and Bruce Knight in California. Yes, it is good to be together. Now, June has arrived here. Summer's just around the corner. Vaccinations are up. COVID cases are down. People are worshiping in person. Families are gathering. Folks are venturing out now to restaurants, and they're planning on traveling again. There's a reason for optimism. We may not be quite back to normal yet, but it's clear that we are closer to the end than the beginning. And I'm guessing that the same could be said for most of us who are worshiping today. Closer to the end than the beginning. Now, speaking of beginnings, we're going to be looking at a story this morning that goes back to the very beginning of human history. We'll be joining our first parents in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve are enjoying a day in the sun, much like this one. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Our opening hymn makes a strong statement. Mine is the church where everybody's welcome. How do I know? I know because I got through the door. I'm going to invite you to join Carl in singing this lively song of welcome. Mine is a church where everybody's welcome. Let's head inside for worship. Mine is the church where everybody's welcome. Church, where 
keep trying to divide us. They document their lies to make them true. Today we're freed from our judging and excluding. Just look around and join the lovely view. Mine is the church. Everybody's welcome I know it's true Cause I got through the door We are a dazzling bouquet Of every kind of flower Jump in the vase Cause we've got space Jump in the vase Cause we've got space Jump in the vase Cause we've got space for The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, you intimately know the journey of our lives. You know every dark alley, every back road and detour, and you love us still. Send your Holy Spirit that we might follow Jesus and learn to love as you have loved us. We pray in confidence and in doubt, trusting in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sandy Moore lives in Coopville. She spent her professional career teaching English to generations of students. This morning, she's going to be sharing a reading with us from the book of Psalms. Sandy, over to you. The lesson is from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning more than those who watch for the morning. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Sandy. I thought of your father, Harry, on Memorial Day, a grand man, a veteran who served God and country with honor. We miss Harry. Thanks, Sandy. Now, Carl Olson has a piece of special music to share with us. That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now am found Was blind but now taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved 
just did that grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers toils and snares I have already come Twas grace that brought us safe thus far And grace will lead us home The Lord has promised good to me His word my hope secures He will my shield and portion be As long as life endures When we Thank you, Carl. Now, our text this morning finds its genesis in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, an ancient Jewish rendering of history, creation, faith, allegory, and story. Now, there is science in the book of Genesis, but it is not a book of science. There are historical accounts in the book of Genesis, but it is not primarily a book of history either. It is a book of faith, a book of faith that seeks to explain the origin of life and the movement of God in creation, 
and the movement of God in the lives of the Jewish people. It is a book of faith, a collection of stories that would help the nomadic Jewish people to better understand themselves, their neighbors, and God. Now, if you've read the book of Genesis, you know it reads like an ancient mini-series or soap opera, perhaps. A drama that includes human rebellion, weakness, vulnerability, murder, adultery, greed, family betrayal, and of course, sex. Luther thought it best that people under the age of 40 not to read the book of Genesis at all. It takes a certain amount of maturity and life experience to grasp the lessons and understand the nuances of Genesis. Now our assigned text today is found in the third chapter, but a quick review of the first two chapters of Genesis will set the stage for us. The first two chapters of the Bible tell the creation story from a faith perspective. The point was not to inform the readers of the age of the planet Earth or Earthlings. The creation stories do not insist that the world, the stars, and all creatures large and small were brought into being in seven days. As I said, the book is a book of faith, not science. Now, for the sake of our time together, let's say that there are four main points in the creation story. Number one, God created. Whatever we see on earth, whatever is out there in the universe, God created it. If there is life on other planets, great. Then the one and only God created that life just as he created life here. God created, and it was not an accident. It was and is and continues to be intentional creation. Creation is an ongoing process, you see. God is still creating, and God is still working with us to create. Yes, creation was not an accident. It was and is intelligently designed. It would be foolish to see the working of the human body or our brain, the functioning of the eyeball, the rich diversity of plant, animal, and microscopic life, and somehow conclude that it was all just a coincidence. It would be impossible for creation to come together as it has without intelligent design. Now, those who deny the existence of God might say that all the necessary components were present. And over a few billion years, they just evolved on their own. The parts were there, and there's no intelligent design. Well, that would be like taking all the parts of a Boeing 737 and scattering them all over in our parking lot and believing that if we just waited a few billion years, that they would assemble themselves and be able to fly. Point one, God created and it was not an accident. Point two, it was good. The repeating theme of the creation story was it was good. All of it was good. A God-dreamed gift, a magnificent creation. It was and is good. 
Now, point three of the creation stories is that humans are a little different. You probably knew that. Humans were created in the image of God. Humans were called to care, then, for all of creation, the birds, the water, the air, the animals. We were called to be environmentalists by God, caring for that which God had created and then entrusted to us. And the final point, after this strenuous creation, labor, and delivery, God rested. The gift of work and the gift of rest. The rest was a foretaste of the Sabbath feast to come. Now the second chapter of the book of Genesis ends with a naked man and a naked woman. They were naked, but they were not ashamed. They were not ashamed of their bodies or their sexuality. We are told clearly that shame was not a part of the story. And there was no fear either. God had yet to utter those familiar words spoken to humans over and over again, the most reoccurring message of the Bible from God, which is, do not be afraid. Now, as the third chapter opens, it seems that our first parents had gotten married. I'm not sure if it was an arranged marriage, a marriage of convenience, a marriage of necessity. Maybe they met on hinge or e-harmony. But the text speaks of them now as husband and wife. It also does not tell us who performed the marriage ceremony or what was served at the reception. And no honeymoon is mentioned for the woman and the man who were running around naked 24 hours a day. Now I'm going to read this story for you at this time from the third chapter of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife, they hid themselves in the presence of God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. The Lord God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me fruit from the tree to eat, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me, 
and I ate. Now, it is a familiar story, is it not? But one must approach this story with caution. They lived in a garden. They were in close fellowship with God. It was, make no mistake about it, paradise. An evening breeze, the smell of flowers, no mortgages, no taxes, no commute, no homeowners associations to deal with, no elections, no borders, no enemies, no credit card debt, no concern about how to dress for dinner. That's right, every day was not their birthday, but every day they wore their birthday suits. It was paradise. Whidbey Island without tourists. Whidbey Island without neighbors. Whidbey Island without cargo ships in Holmes Harbor. Whidbey Island without pollution or ferry lines. And at the end of the day, what did we do? We strolled the beaches of Useless Bay as the evening breeze would soothe us and God would come and walk with us. It was paradise. Now our parents, who would become known as Adam and Eve, had it made. And there was only one law, only one prohibition in all of creation. Stay away from the tree in the middle of the garden. Now, why was that tree there? I don't know. And why they placed it in the middle of the garden, there to be seen on every trip to Payless or the post office, I have no idea. But good stories tend to have tension. And this tree certainly provided tension. The serpent, the snake. Now, the text does not say that the snake was the devil. In fact, the text does not even say that the snake was bad. The text says that the snake was crafty. Okay, it was a crafty snake. The snake did Mod Podge and tie-dye t-shirts and candle making and beadwork. Nothing wrong with being crafty, right? We have a lot of crafty people in our church. Now the Hebrew word translated here as crafty can also be translated as clever. Clever is a good thing, right? Yeah, in this story, i got to tell you, snakes get a bad rap. How many of you, right now, how many of you, by show of hands, are afraid of snakes? But what is it, their lightning speed or their venom that terrifies you? Just so you know the odds, the odds of being killed by a snake are 1 in 50 million. Yeah, snakes get a bad rap in this story, and they're not alone. But remember... Every aspect of creation was what? It was good. And if the snakes were part of creation, and they were, then they were good. They were very good. The clever snake tells the woman that she can eat, and she does. The promise was not nourishment, it was knowledge. If the humans ate, their eyes would be open. And they would somehow be smarter, more like God, not having to settle anymore for just being humans, living in paradise without a worry in the world. The woman eats. The man eats. The snake goes home. And the eyes of our first parents were opened. They did attain knowledge. The snake was right. For the first time now, humans were self-conscious. They realized they were naked. They were uncomfortable being naked in front of each other. And so they sewed 
fig leaves together and they covered themselves. But there was more. The world that had never known shame or guilt or fear had suddenly changed. Adam and Eve felt it all now. And no one had to tell them. No one had to tell them that they had disappointed God. That they had disappointed, in fact, themselves. Now when they heard the sound of God walking in the garden, they hid themselves. I think it's safe to say that we have all reacted that way before, have we not? We have hidden from those that we have offended. We have tried to hide our actions when we've done things that were wrong. Sometimes we round the end cap at the grocery store only to quickly back up and head down a different aisle, afraid or ashamed to come face to face with someone that we have betrayed or disappointed. It's an adult version of hide and seek. Now, some of you, if you're old enough, may remember Richard Jansen playing the character of Richard Kimball in the TV show The Fugitive. From 1963 to 1967, he was a fugitive. He was running every week, running from the law just one step ahead of Lieutenant Philip Gerard. He was hiding out as he looked for that one-armed man. The problem with hiding is that ultimately we are found out. And even if we could, let's say we could escape and never be found, well, in that case, we are forever fearful of being found, of being known. We're always looking over our shoulder, forever running from the past. Well, God calls out to the humans, where are you? And Adam responds saying, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. Now, at one time, that would have given Adam and Eve, great joy to know that God had come down to walk with them in the evening breeze, but not now. Where are you? Adam responded, I heard you and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Afraid? Adam was afraid of the one who had given him life and given him this garden paradise to live in? Yes, fear enters the human story. Shame stains the pages of human history. And every day since, in nearly every encounter with God, we are told that we do not need to be afraid of God. The hiding did not work. You see, God is the Alpha and God is the Omega of every created being, the beginning and the end. Yes, we can run, but we cannot hide. We can deny God's existence, but that will not change reality. God was there in our beginning, and when we take our final breath, guess who will be there to greet us? Hiding from God does not work. Our first parents found this out. When it was clear that they had been found out, Adam and Eve tried a new strategy. They tried a new strategy. They looked for a scapegoat. They began to blame others for their current trouble. The man blames the woman. That was convenient, but there's more. Adam also blames God. Adam says, you gave me this woman, and she offered me this apple. It's your fault, God, or it's the woman's fault. You're not going to pin this one on me. I'm innocent. I'm an innocent man, and I'm not going to take a fall for this one. Thanks, Grandpa. You make us proud. Now, the woman is in the spotlight now, and she wants to deflect that light as quickly as possible. 
Eve blames the snake. It was the snake that tricked me. And I might remind you, God, that you created that snake. Yes, I am an innocent victim. Blame the woman. Blame God. Blame the man. Blame the snake. Blame the system. Blame bad luck. Blame the president. Blame your parents. Blame your spouse. Blame your boss. Blame the fairy line. The dog ate my homework. To make a mistake is human. To blame it on someone else, well, that's even more human. Children blame or hide. It takes maturity to face the music and accept the consequences, the fruit of our behavior. Now, I'm going to suggest just a few takeaways from this ancient and timely third chapter of Genesis. Now, there are many more, but let's look at just three. The first is quite simple, but needs to be said. The snake is not the devil. The snake is a part of creation. The apple is good fruit. It's worth eating. The apple, too, is a part of creation. And Eve, she was not a temptress. She's not to blame. She was just human. She was our first mother, flawed and fragile like the rest of us, stuck with a flawed and fragile spouse like the rest of us. There is no shame in being human. There is no shame either in the naked body, and there is no shame in embracing our sexuality. There's no shame in eating apples or loving snakes. The second point, the blame game gets us nowhere. Children blame or hide. Mature adults should act differently. What do we need to do? We need to own, own our own stuff. We need to learn the lessons of life. And when we blame others, we give up the power to change our story. And as the authors of our story, it's up to us to write the chapters of our life story. Now, part of being a functional adult is owning up to your own stuff, taking responsibility for your own actions, accepting and learning for the consequences of your successes, but also of your failures. And the final point, and I suppose the most important point, is a simple piece of good news. And here it is. God walks still with flawed humans like us. Yes, God will come to find us in our hiding places. God knows us and God loves us still. God shows up when we have disappointed ourselves or disappointed others. God shows up and God never gives up. God called out, where are you? God is calling out to us today saying, where are you? You need not be afraid. I know where you are, and I know who you are, and I am here to bandage up your skin knees. I'm here to pack your lunch and send you off to school. You have nothing to fear, nothing to fear for me. I love you, and I always will. It's an ancient story that comes to us today, and it is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Carl's going to sing a Fernando Ortega piece for us at this time. Carl?
Jesus, King of angels, heaven's light. Shine your face upon this house tonight. Let no evil come into my dreams. Light of heaven, keep me in your peace. Remind me how you made dark spirits flee. And spoke your power to the raging sea. And spoke your mercy to a sinful man. Remind me, Jesus, for this is what I am. The universe is vast beyond the stars. But you are mindful when a sparrow falls. And mindful of the anxious thoughts that find me, surround me, and bind me. of your name until I close my eyes and sleep again the universe is vast beyond the stars and you are mindful when a sparrow falls and mindful of thoughts that find me, surround me, and bind me. Jesus, King of angels, heaven's light, hold my hand and keep me through the night. Thank you, Carl. We lift our hearts to God in prayer now. The Campbell family is going to lead us. We'll have a sung response. Hear my cry, O God. Let us pray. Out of the depths we cry to you, O God. Hear our prayers this day as we put our trust in you. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my song. Singing praises. I call on you. 
have called me friend, you have called me friend, so I call on you once again. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer, listen to my song, singing praises all Gracious God, we know we are held in the palm of your hands. As the summer days warm and our daily routines change, let us always remember that there is nothing in our past or our present that will separate us from your love. You will never let us go. Guide us as we do our part, holding in prayer all those who grieve, who are ill, whose place in this life is fragile or uncertain. And let us assist all those who are marginalized or suffer from inequitable systems as we help usher in your new era of peace and justice. We know your ways are true. Let us seek to follow your path of grace and love. Now into your hands, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my song. Singing praises of The peace of the Lord be with you. 
Share a sign of greeting and peace with someone. The truth is there are many whose spirits would be lifted by hearing your voice today. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Sending greetings of peace from Happy Tales Farm. Peace be with you. A few announcements this morning. We are going to be heading the summer schedule on Sunday, June 13th. That will not affect you much online, but we will be worshiping live and in person at 8 and 10 on Sunday morning. Also on June 13th, we will have our mid-year congregational meeting after the 10 o'clock service, approximately 11 o'clock. Bailey Forsyth grew up at Trinity Lutheran Church. She went off to school at PLU, and this last week she competed in the NCAA Division III track meet, and she won the 100-meter and 200-meter finals. She is now a two-time national champion. Happy birthday today to Trudy Martin. Trudy is 95 years young today. And happy birthday to my middle daughter, Kelsey. She's 32 years old today. She was a couple months old when we came here. Now I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. Come on up, Deacon Amy, and share with us your announcements. Thank you, Pastor Jim. A lot of great things continuing to happen at Trinity Adult Education and our Midweek Bible Study have wrapped up for the program year. This morning, June 6th, is our final Sunday School class in person. We'll be celebrating together down the hallway at 1030. Uh, continue to watch your emails for upcoming events and get-togethers over Zoom and in person. Our confirmation class is also wrapping up this morning. We meet at 1145 on Zoom. Our Tuesday afternoon youth group for middle school students will continue to meet, alternating between Zoom and in-person meetings. Typically, on Tuesdays, we huddle around the campfire and enjoy some s'mores together, but this week, we enjoy the sunshine with water balloons and popsicles. A great way to celebrate. This morning, we are also recognizing our 2021 high school graduates. Please take a moment to celebrate with us. Thanks. Also this week, uh, on Thursday this week, was preschool graduation here at the church. Uh, we'll have some pictures for you of the preschool graduation as well. Finally, thank you. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for your letters of encouragement. It's been very meaningful to your church staff and all who uh, prepare worship for you. We're going to move now to the celebration of Holy Communion. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of all colors and denominations across the globe this day. As we do so, we remember a Thursday night in Jerusalem. It was a Thursday night in an upper room. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed, and our Lord Jesus took the bread. He broke it, and he gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Please share these gifts together. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. No matter what, no matter what may come, no matter what may come, I will not let you go. Seed blown by the wind, buried in winter and frozen, remember the water that graced your head. Rain in the spring that brings life from what's dead. The season will pass, but my promise will remain. No matter what, no matter what may come, no matter what may come, I will not let you go. Child bitter with rage, blind and broken under this weight. Seek me first and you will find righteousness for your heart, peace for your mind. I came to find you in me, you will be found. No matter what, no matter what may This love is for you, no matter what you do, it does not depend on who you are or where you have been, on what you've said or what you have seen, no matter what, no matter what may will not let you go no 
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Now receive the benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending Him, light dawns on a weary world. Light dawns on a weary world When eyes begin to see All people's dignity Light dawns on a weary world The promised day of justice comes The trees shall clap their hands The dry lands gush with springs The hills and mountains shall break forth with singing We shall go out in joy And be led forth in peace As all the world in wonder echoes shallow Love grows in a weary world When hungry hearts find bread And children's dreams are fed Love grows in a weary world The promised feast of plenty comes The trees shall clap their hands The dry lands gush with springs The hills and mountains shall break forth with singing we shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace as all the world in wonder echoes shall roll. Hope blooms in a weary world when creatures once forlorn find wilderness reborn. Hope in a weary world The promised green of Eden comes The trees shall clap their hands The dry lands gush with springs The hills and mountains shall break forth with singing We shall go out in joy And be led forth in peace As all the world in wonder echoes shallow Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Until next time. A mink wears a mink coat the whole year round. Even when he is not going to town. A skunk has a striped coat, it's pretty she thinks Although we all know she stinks hmm. An elephant has hide as hard as a rock A zebra has stripes 
A leopard has spots Sometimes I'd like to have a new hide But I'd rather feel pretty inside I'd like to feel pretty inside, don't you? I like being kind and I like being true I like to like me when I close my eyes I like to feel pretty inside Oh, I like to feel pretty inside If a mink wore a top coat the whole year round Even when he was not going to town if a skunk had a red coat and smelled like a rose Don't you think she'd turn up her nose? If an elephant had fur, as likely as not A leopard would have stripes and a zebra have spots I guess it'd be great to have a new hide But I'd rather feel pretty Inside. I like to feel pretty inside, don't you? I like being kind and I like being true I like to like me when I close my eyes I like to feel pretty inside again I like to feel pretty inside, don't you? I like being kind and I like being true I like to like me when I close my eyes I like to feel pretty inside Oh, I like to feel pretty inside Oh, I like to feel pretty inside